Welcome to Delayed Effect. Hello. Welcome to this very special episode of this podcast you are listening to. It could be one of three. This could be Delayed Effect. This could be the 8-Bit PackyCast. Or more than likely, this is the Tangent Bound Podcast. Any one of those three will do. You're, you're right, no matter which one you said. If you said anything else, then you're wrong. But I'm just going to pretend that you all said any one of those, and we're all on the same page. So <laughs> welcome to whichever show it is that you're listening to. Um, if you're asking yourself, who who the hell is this guy that's talking? Um, I guess you would really probably only ask that if this is the Tangent Mount Podcast, but uh, my name is, in fact, Packy, and I am the host of Delayed Effect and the 8-Bit Packy Cast and co-host of Down the Bunny Hole with a, a a rather upstanding fella, my uh, dearly retarded brother, Zach. Not really brother. Brother from another mother. Um, who you probably have heard on Just Zach, Blodcast, or Two for Podcast with Mark from this one-third of <laughs> the potential podcast you're listening to. Uh, Mark is the host of the Tangent Bound Podcast, and owner of the tangent bound network for that matter and uh just general all-around good guy doing the uh the lord's work in podcasting as as i've heard it said and very accurately said at that um i guess to explain why this is a crossover episode between three different shows uh, uh first off for the the tangent takeover uh mark I want to say about a month and a half ago, reached out to people on the Tangent Bound Network and said, hey, I want people to guest host the show for me. And and he didn't just mean come on the show and maybe talk with him. He wanted people to actually take over hosting completely for a few episodes. Excuse me. You have to pardon me. This is one of the first times in a while that I've been drinking and podcasting. So, um, yeah, bear with that. Uh, so yeah, I, I had mentioned, you know, Hey, maybe I can do that, but it, it just didn't work in the way that I wanted it to. And then some shit got in the way, which I will talk about in a little bit because I find it rather interesting and I hope other people do too. Otherwise, you know, why would you be listening? But (laughs) that's neither here nor there right now. But, uh, yeah, Mark reached out and we all, a, a whole bunch of people jumped up. I mean, uh, One Sick Puppy from Dead as Hell has guest hosted an episode. Uh, Weeby Geeks has done so. Camp Blood. Uh, he even got Nikki from Everything in the Kitchen Sink on his latest one. And that one's really cool. I haven't finished it yet. But I'm I'm in the process of, uh, of doing so because uh, her podcast sounds like a very music-centric podcast. And, you know, if... If if you're hearing this on delayed effect, then and even Abe to Packy Cast for that matter, you know 
I'm a huge music person. Like music is my life in, in so much of a way that I, I will, uh, I will get into in a little bit, but yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm going to become a fan of her podcast after I finish that because, uh, she sounds like a really cool person and quite knowledgeable in the field, which is good. You want to know what you're talking about, right? <laughs> you know, you don't want to just be blathering about something about which you know nothing, but, uh, so yeah, I, I messaged Mark and said, Hey, is that still going on? Can I, can I do that? Because I'm going to record an episode of delayed effect tonight. And I thought, Hey, you know, maybe I could give it to him as an episode of the tangent takeover too. And, and of course he's happily obliged because he's such a fucking awesome dude. And then I thought, well, I haven't recorded an episode of the 8-Bit Packycast in like three months, and one of his hopeful stipulations for the Tangent Takeover was that you talk about something a little nerdy, and being that I kind of want to do that, I thought, well, I can kind of kill three birds with one stone, which is pretty impressive to think about, actually. In the practical matter, of course. Um... Rather literal. Do not drink in podcast. Holy shit. Bad idea. Um, so yeah, I thought, why not just do a crossover between all three shows? That way I can help Mark out. I can finally do another 8-bit packy cast and keep up with delayed effect because I'm trying to keep that one as consistent as possible because, uh, when I started 8-bit packy cast, it was actually really cool. I, I was on Facebook. I should, Mark and I have been friends for, uh, I think about three, four years maybe now at this point. And on Facebook, I think I shared something with a Nerdist podcast or something like that. And he commented on it. And I said, oh, podcasting sounds really cool. I, I think I'd like to do that. And Mark replied, oh, really? <laughs> and, you know, long story short, he, he hooked me up with the 8-Bit Packycast. He got me all completely started. And I guess I was the first show added to the network you know, he, he had the Tangent Mountain podcast and that was it. And then <laughs> he has the 8-Bit cast, and then like a month later, there's 20 other shows. A year later, there's 70, 80 plus shows on the network now. It's, it's incredible and I've done nothing to help support that except talk about it as much as I can and share everything whenever it pops up. But, <laughs> um, and wear the t-shirt. Don't forget to wear the t-shirt. Oh, man. Yeah, but when I started the 8-Bit Packycast, I, I used it as an outlet for uh, for all things nerdy. I mean, in the title alone, it's called the 8-Bit Packycast. The, the 8-Bit part comes from my, my, uh, n my nostalgic background <laughs> in video gaming because I started with the, the original NES console. And it's it's always taken off from there. Video games have always been part of a, excuse me. Video games have always been a huge part of my life. And at the time when I started the show, I was I was very much so into reading comic books. I was obviously still playing video games daily, uh, watching nerdy movies the day they came out, watching nerdy TV shows every week when they aired. I, I had plenty of ammunition for the show, for something to talk about, for topics and everything like that. 
I mean, I was I was keeping up to date with any news articles I could find, and I it, it was a very organized show when it started, and then it kind of derailed. I want to say in the late twenties, maybe mid thirties, and it it never really recovered from there. Which is highly unfortunate, and it got to a point where I was like, I was like, "Fuck!" I, I, <laughs> I, I was ready to just stop the show. I, I wasn't going to stop podcasting because obviously I still had down the bunny hole. But what I wanted to do was delete Eight Bit Packetcast from the annals of the internet and start a new show altogether. Just revamp my podcasting quote-unquote career <laughs> at least for my solo show and uh and then i got to thinking i'm like i mean if you go back and listen to i'd say the last 10 episodes or so you you get a, a feel for that i i talked about you know the the countdown to the end of days of the 8-bit packy cast and everything like that and i mean it was it was getting there it was just about done my uh <laughs> my my choice was to stop that show altogether and start a new one that I was going to call the rambling bard and then in the process of just getting to that point I talked to Mark about it and he's like you know you were the first show we brought onto the network and and you know I, and he's he was telling me he was a big fan of the 8 bit packy cast and I'm like god I I mean, that's one person, but that's obviously <laughs> one of the most influential people in, in my entire podcasting life. Uh, I've always attributed Mark and Zach to be my, my my Kevin Smith of sorts, because both of them saw Kevin Smith as kind of their influence to start podcasting. And so obviously Mark is what got me into it, and Zach is what's kept me going. And... I, I owe a lot to them for for this aspect of my life. And so I thought, well, fuck, I can't let the 8-Bit Packy cast just wither and die like that. So I thought, okay, I'll change my mind. It's my show. I'll, uh, I'll dumb it back to two weeks. Every two weeks I'll do an episode, and I think I did that twice. <laughs> and then and then I started uh, Delayed Effect in the process that... that you know, the rambling bard would become delayed effect and delayed effect was kind of my way of making a show about my personal life because the 8-bit packet cast got to a point where I started drifting further and further away from the original point that the show was supposed to make about nerdy topics and things like that. And then all it became about was me in my life, which is fine. I mean, it's it's a podcast. It's, it doesn't need direction. It doesn't need format. But it just, it didn't feel right being a show called the 8-Bit Packycast and being nothing about anything in the title except Packy. And that's why I decided to start the new show, which ultimately, like I said, became Delayed Effect. And then uh, that one took off because I, I was so enthralled with the idea of just talking about my life because I, I'd reached a certain point 
because of everything we've done with down the bunny hole that that has really kicked off my my desire to play music zach and i have both been musicians since high school we're both the first to say we're not very good (laughs) i mean our biggest influence and down the bunny hole is a blink 182 podcast that should give you an idea (laughs) you know tom DeLong is our biggest influence and he's not a great guitar player he he He's a good guitar player. He keeps rhythm, plays chords, plays some notes, but he's very basic. He's more of a entrepreneurial mind at this point and a, a creative force to be reckoned with. But in terms of playing guitar, at least for the music that he puts out into the universe, it's not very difficult. Uh, and that kind of reflects upon our style that we play. But because of because of down the bunny hole, because of getting to know Zach, I've pushed myself further and further into trying to become a musician. And I ended up buying a, a new electric guitar at some point. It was a it's a shitty cheap little ninety nine dollar Les Paul Junior made by Epiphone, not even Gibson. It's an Epiphone. But alongside that, I bought a new pickup to put inside the guitar. And if you know anything about guitars, the pickup is the the electronic bit that basically gives the electric guitar its sound, its crunch, its power, so to speak. Not literal power, but, you know, the the force. (laughs) And, yeah, it... I bought that uh, a, a Gibson pickup called Dirty Fingers, which, yes, is Tom DeLonge's pickup, but that's, yeah, that's the only reason I bought it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It was uh, it was very much so the reason I got that, but I got it for like half the price that it was usually selling for. Basically, I ended up building my own electric guitar, so to speak, for about $250. And... I told myself when I went in, even if with it being a $99 guitar, I told myself, look, you already have three other guitars right now. You really need a fourth one. And then the other half of me went, yeah, of course I do. Then the first half replied, all right, if you're really, really going to buy this, fucking do something with it. Make something of yourself with that. And then I'm like, all right, <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> it's like when I when, when I first started playing guitar in high school, my friend came up and he said, hey, I, I had no musical influence whatsoever except for maybe playing saxophone for half a year in sixth grade. A friend of mine came up freshman year and said, hey, I'm going to take guitar lessons. You want to? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> that was my response. But, you know, I, I made that promise to myself. I said, look, we need to do something with this. You can't just keep buying all this shit and just have it. You need to do something. Make something of yourself with this instrument. And, I mean, obviously the the ultimate end goal would be musician. I mean, who doesn't pick up a guitar, learn how to play it, and not want to be in a band of some sort, you know? 
Uh, but that's not incredibly practical either. I mean, if everybody that picked up an instrument became a rock star, then being a rock star wouldn't be as successful of a career as it is, I don't think. It at least wouldn't be as unique, even though there's a lot of musicians out there, but nevertheless, I made that promise to myself, so I set out to do just that, <laughs> and uh, I was finishing up my my seasonal term at my job, and it, it abruptly ended sooner than I thought it would. And I'd been doing research. I started looking into education. I started looking into school for recording. I thought, you know, obviously playing my own music would be awesome. Making a career based off that would be the ultimate dream. But for now, I need to think of something a little bit more substantial and practical. So I started looking into, like I said, education for recording, for becoming an audio engineer. I looked into a school in San Francisco. I was like a, a, a step away from from going, from getting in the car and just driving into San Francisco and checking the school out until I heard some, uh, not so much horror stories, but like kind of like the opposite of a success story for students that go to that school. And I started shopping around a little bit more. I ended up upon something called the Recording Connection, which is essentially a program. It's it's not just recording, too. They have music, film, radio, and now culinary, too. What they do in any of these programs is they take you, they, they interview you, they find out what kind of goals you have in mind, what, what basically what your end game is. They take that information and they pair you up with, if it's a, the recording connection, they pair you up with an audio engineer, you know, if it's a culinary connection, they pair you up with a chef. It's just, you know, they put you in the respective field that you're going towards. But they put you with this person to become your mentor. And you work one-on-one -on -one with that person. No other students, no classroom. You are in the actual setting in which you are trying to learn of the career in which you want to be a part of. Of which you want to be a part of. Of which you want to be a part of, really? Of which you want to be a part. There we go. Uh, pardon me, it's the alcohol, I swear. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you, you get hands-on experience. I mean, you have specific lessons that you have to learn and everything like that, but you get real-world physical experience in the actual setting and environment that you want to learn. So for me, being in the recording connection, I am actually going to be working inside of a actual recording studio. Not, not a classroom. I'm not going to be sitting with other students in front of a teacher saying, well, this is what you would be learning. Were you in an actual studio? No, I'm going to be in that actual studio. Um, so I, I signed up for that <laughs> after my, my term of work ended. Matter of fact, it wasn't even, I didn't even wait till then I signed up before my last day and had my phone interview. Then on my last day of work, I said, look, I'm not coming back. This is it. I mean, my, my seasonal term 
at my old job was in of such a nature that I could come back every year. It, it was always guaranteed for me to come back. But <laughs> I looked at all them. I said, you guys, I'm done that this is, this is what I need to do. You know, mu- mu- for me, music has been the only thing that's ever really made sense. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I, I've gone through not a whole hell of a lot in my 29 years on this planet, but enough to realize that between all of it, the bullshit, the, the shenanigans, the, the fucking whatever. The only thing that ever really ever made sense in all of it is music. And music, it's done so much for me in my life to help, <laughs> to help get me through situations, to help get me through scenarios, to just getting me from point A to point B, you know, it's, it's, it's a great filter. It's a great source of inspiration. It's a great source of wisdom. It's, it's just, it's always been there. I mean, from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, there's a song playing in my head. And I can't even begin to tell you how cool it is to, to have a song stuck in your head. And then you take a moment and realize that that's your own original creation that's a cool moment. I hope a lot of you get to experience something like that because it's it's very surreal. Um, if you're an artist of any kind, try and catch yourself in those moments. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Um, but anyway, uh, it music's been what's been there for me. So I I thought with as much as it's been there for me, what can I do to give back? If, if I can't sit here and successfully produce my own music, I would like to produce other people's music. I would like to help extend their genius, take what brilliance they have, and facilitate it in such a way that the rest of the world can hear it. And if I can do something to help bring that about, to help push that into the universe, then I'll know I've done something good. (laughs) Something satisfactory and something that I love. So fuck, producing makes sense. (laughs) Music makes sense. So in in the process, it's kind of funny. I I my I was told on a Tuesday that my last day would be that coming Friday, but I had the next two days off after that. So on the Wednesday, I emailed the school. The Thursday, I had the phone interview. The Friday was my last day. Over the course of the next week, I did all the the prep talk with admissions and stuff like that. Got an interview set up. Um, but then ended up talking with some friends of mine in Seattle because, uh, for those that don't know, I live in Portland, Oregon, or I used to, <laughs> um, I, I was talking with some friends in Seattle and they said, Hey, 
you should look into what their program's like in Seattle. So I looked, and it's incredible. In Portland, you click on the map, and like five or six studios pop up. You look at Seattle, at least four times as many. Seattle's just a more progressive city in terms of that specific artistry. So I called admissions and I said, look, I want to move to Seattle. If I can make that work, I'd love to do this up there instead. And they're like, well, that's kind of a big step. And I said, I I think I've got it covered. And I talked to my friends that said, um, that live up near Seattle. And they said, look, you can stay with us. (laughs) You can, you can come up here and and stay with us for a few months until you get a job, until you get full-time employment, until you can you know, establish yourself to get your own apartment. And so I went up and visited them to kind of uh, talk about it face-to-face. And then one of them said, hey, look, here's a job. You should apply for it. I'm like, okay. So in the process of my being there for the, the three days that week, I was emailing back and forth with, uh, I, I don't know what specific position that gentleman was, but I want to say maybe he's probably in charge of the hiring process. Let's just go with that. HR, maybe. Uh, <laughs> he, he was like, hey, can you start Monday? And I was up there visiting them for, what was it a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. I was up there visiting. Went up Tuesday night, stayed Wednesday, Thursday, came back Friday night. And uh, I actually came back Friday morning because I had uh, work to do with a friend, side job kind of a thing. Um, But that's irrelevant. But, you know, I I emailed back and forth with the guy at the the company and, and he said, can you start Monday? And I said, yeah, of course I can. I'll be there eight thirty in the morning. Actually, it was eight o'clock because I had to drop off paperwork. But so I came back down to Portland, and I actually had an interview with a recording studio engineer in Portland because the recording connections. Like, look, you know, you want to make this move, but we're going to set you up with an interview in Portland anyway, just to get the feel for it, to get an idea of it, just to see if you even feel like you actually want to be part of this program. So I'm like, all right, sure. And uh, <laughs> that's that's kind of where I left Delayed Effect. The last episode of Delayed Effect was before that interview. And <laughs> I, uh, I had the interview. It, it went really well. The guy was really neat. I mean, he, he knows his shit. He's very, very good at what he does. Um, he, he had a really huge influence in the hip hop career of all things. You wouldn't get that by looking at him. He's like a, a white 40 something year old balding guy with a beard. You just you wouldn't think he, he, uh, established his roots in the hip hop community, but sure shit he did. Um, and he had the knowledge and the know-how he knew the business in and out, but God, at that point with the job and the the idea of actually getting out of Portland, which I've been wanting to do for at least three years now, I just, I, I didn't tell him. I didn't have the heart to say it in the interview, um, but I just, I knew, 
I mean, I walked out of the interview. I was actually depressed and I couldn't figure it out. I was like, am I bummed? Cause I'm not going to work with this guy because we got along really well. Like him and I working together would be great. But am I, I'm like, am I bummed because I'm not going to work with him? Or am I bummed because maybe this isn't the career I want? You know, so I started doubting and establishing all this fear. And I thought, do I really want to move? Do I really want to go up to Seattle and move away from my own environment, from my my roots? <laughs> you know, the only life I've ever known. And I, I got home and I just, I laid on my bed, played music for about an hour or two. I just fought with those demons in my mind. And I think I was listening to The War by Angels and Airwaves and got to the point where where he sings, believe you want this and believe that I want this too. And I just listened to that and I sat up and I said, I gotta go. I had all my shit packed already. Threw it in the car. And just went. <laughs> Drove up to Seattle, well, near Seattle, to my friend's place. <laughs> Told everybody on Facebook about it, uh, what I was doing. Unbelievable support, too. I mean, you know, I, I've I've always known I've had a good circle of friends, but <laughs> that's. That post that I made saying, this is what I'm doing and this is why, and I'm leaving because of it. Um, I've never posted anything with as much support in my life. And just to see that that many people were were 100% behind me. Not just doing something for me, for my career, but following my dream, my passion. (laughs) That was... That was one of the most beautiful moments I've ever experienced. And it's it's things like that that are pushing me and driving me to keep doing keep doing this. <laughs> um But yeah, I I got up to Seattle, got to my friend's house, and I just I sat on the couch and I was emotionally drained from all the ups and downs. I mean I woke up that morning nervous as fuck for that interview. I had the interview and then, you know, I, the up and down of the emotions afterwards, driving up there, saying goodbye to Oregon completely, knowing that I was doing this for me and not for anyone else. It, it was just, there was a lot of inner turmoil to be had. And I got up there and I just, I just crashed, you know, I mean, after there was like a, a Seahawks game, we were all watching with some friends. And then after everybody left, I'm just like, I need to wither and die for the night. And, uh, woke up early the next morning. Cause I had to go to work. Uh, went into downtown Seattle, which is so beautiful. Cause I had to go to the corporate office to drop off my paperwork. And then the place where I work is a warehouse in South Seattle. So I drove down there, started my first day of work, and it's so, it's a good job, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, but it's very repetitive. Uh, the first day was different than every day since, because the next day we started, 
basically we take these devices out of a box, we plug them in, make sure they boot up, put them back in the box, put them on the pallet. I have been doing that for nine days of work out of 10 so far. Yeah. For eight hours each day. Now, do you understand why I'm drinking while I'm doing this? <laughs> oh my God. That first day that I did it, I, I was literally at a point where I felt my brain melting. I mean, I, and I know I'm not misusing the word literally. i for sure felt like my brain was melting. I I texted my best friend about it. I'm like, this job, dot, dot, dot. And then I sent him the clip. I don't know if anybody that's listening has seen the show Red Dwarf, but there's a moment where one of the guys is showing slides from his vacation through the, like the different levels of the ship that they're on. Because it's such a big ship that you can actually go on vacation on a completely different quadrant of the ship. And uh, he's just showing slides of whatever, like different steam vents or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it is, but one of the guys is like, can we take a break, sir? It appears my intelligence circuits have melted. And I sent my best friend that clip because we're both really big fans of the show. He's like, oh, oh man, that bad? And I'm like, yeah, that bad. I was sitting in my car after work texting. I could feel my eyes glazed over, and I was bobbing my head to music that wasn't playing. It was dead silent in my car. It wasn't on. There was no music playing at all, but I was hearing it. I, th- I think I, I, I tickled the underbelly of insanity. And I'm really glad that I took a step back because since then I've been fine. Um, everyone there is awesome though. I mean, the people that I work with are great. They've already made mention of a potential way for me to move up because the the job itself is temporary. It's only like two or three months, but people there have already said, look there, this could possibly be opening up and you would be perfect for it. So I'm, I'm already hopefully getting in for good. Um, but during that first week I was in contact with the head of admissions from the recording connection. I said, look, I'm in Seattle. I mean, I talked to him after my interview in Portland and he's like, Oh, when are you going to move to Seattle? And I said, tonight. <laughs> and he's like, what? what? I'm like, yeah, I got a job tomorrow. I got to be up there. And so when I talked to him during the week, he's like, dude, you, you made such a bold move by just uprooting and completely relocating just at the drop of a hat that we want to reflect upon that, our, our choice for you for a place for you to study. So they set me up with a, an interview at a studio called fastback studios. It's in Northern Seattle. And I looked it up and, and this place sounds phenomenal. I mean, I'm looking at the website and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just drooling with excitement. I'm, I'm looking, they have their own line of guitars and pickups. They, the, the guy has been in the business since he was 18. The, the, the recording studio itself has been around for like 14, 13, 14 years. All the people there have, have ties to the music business itself somehow, whether being just being extremely passionate about it or actually being involved in it somehow. 
I, I'm just like that. I'm floored. I, I talked to the guy on the phone. I'm like, you, you gotta be kidding me. This, this is where you're putting me. This, this is literally the best option I've ever seen. And he's like, well, that's what we wanted for you because you seem to be taking this really seriously. You're the exact kind of person we want in this program. And, uh, you know, fast forward to a week later, I had the interview and it went perfect. I, I looked at the studio and I'm like, this is exactly what a recording studio should look like. There's there's guitar amps everywhere. There's the big booth with with the table, the switchboard table with all the knobs and the mixers and the, all the different analog and digital devices hooked up. And then the big glass window that looks into the live room. And when you're in the live room, you look in and you can see the people in the tech room or in the in the the, the, the engineering room. It's it's like what you see in movies and shit. This is what this place looked like, and I'm like, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to be, and I'm telling the guy, I'm like, this, I I need to be here, please. That this is where I want to be, you know. And I I gave him my whole life story about music, and um, called the head of admissions the next day and talked to him again, and he's like, yeah, the the guy that you interviewed with, his name was Mark. He said, uh, he's like, Mark had nothing but nice things to say about you. He's very excited to have you in the program. And I'm just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. That's so cool. <laughs> like, you have no idea. I, I, I told him, like, you know, the, the, that I reciprocate those feelings. It's, it's mutual. I, I want to be here. This, nothing else makes sense. No, no other choices. I don't want to look anywhere else. I need to be in this studio. And, uh, and he's, you know, he's sitting there telling me about how admirable it is that, that I've been so tenacious about getting this going from the moment that I moved, you know, and, and that's going to reflect greatly upon the fact that they were going to hook me up with a job after I get done with my, my, uh, program. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the guy even said, you know, his, his girlfriend's uncle, works at a recording or excuse me, a, a radio station in Seattle. That's, that's booming. That's starting to take off and it's going to get huge within the next few months. And he's like, you know, remember that when you finish your, your term, because, um, he, he told me, I will personally see to it that I can hopefully get you a job in that radio station. If, if we can't get you somewhere else, that's more suited to your needs. So I was like, all right, well, cool. I've already got a fucking job lined up. And then actually, even before I had the interview, um, I started taking yoga, actually. That's kind of an interesting thing. Um, I've only done two classes so far, but after one of them, my friends and I went to this place to have breakfast, and across the street from where breakfast was was a guitar store. So we go into this guitar store. It's all vintage. I mean, I'm talking like actual guitars from the sixties and seventies in here on the wall, two to $8,000. Like, like if, if I was ever to take that leap and, and get a next level guitar, this is where I would go. So we're in there looking around and the, the guy walks up, he's like, can I help you find anything? And I'm like, no, but and my friend's like, no, but Packy here has an interesting story. And so I told him about, you know, Fastback Studios and everything. And he's like, oh, wow. You know, like like his eyes lit up like he's heard of that studio before. And he's like, I, I want to give you my card and my information because, you know, I have a band and we do music. And we had an album produced and it, it turned out okay. But, you know, maybe after you get your feet wet and you get your know-how going, maybe you can actually do something with it. So I've got the guy's card. 
I've got a, I've got a contact (laughs) before I even had the interview. I got this contact before I even got accepted into the program. I had a job lined up for afterwards. (laughs) It's just, everything is, is pushing towards the green light on this. I'm, I'm not seeing anything pulling me in the wrong direction. I'm not, I'm not seeing any signs saying, Hey, maybe you shouldn't do this. It's just like, everything is, is good. All systems are go. <laughs> like this shit is ready for launch and it's getting there. It's so close. All I have to do now is just make my, my payment to the school and then call from the studio and get my first session lined up. But that should be in about a week or two tops. But you see, that's, what's the interesting thing about the podcast that I started delayed effect. I started that podcast, not, not just to have an outlet for my personal life so that I could keep that off the eight bit packet cast, but I wanted it to be a way that I could sort of chronicle my, 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 my adventure, my endeavor to push myself into the music business somehow. And lo and behold, I mean, for delayed effect, this will be episode 13. That many episodes into it, and I'm already one foot in the door of the exact reason I started that podcast. It's it's insane. I mean, it's it's so cool. It's like, if you have a dream, all you gotta do is put a little effort towards it. And just believe in yourself, and you can achieve it. And that's what I want this podcast to be. I want—I don't want it to be just showing, you know, my my journey from coming from a fucking temporary parks maintenance employee to a, a recording producer. I, but I want it to be a source of inspiration. I want people to look at this and say, "Look." This guy had nothing. All he had was a guitar or four (laughs) that he could barely play. And he made himself into a producer. I want it to be a source of inspiration. I want people people to look back at this show and say, well, God, if if that half-retarded guy could do it, then anybody can. (laughs) I, I believe in it. I believe that that if you have a dream like that, what's to stop you? Go for it. It's like Tom DeLonge said in, in one of his recent interviews, and I'm really paraphrasing it, but do you really want to get to 50 and look back at this point in your life right now and wish you would have done what you're dreaming to do rather than take the road that you would have or that you did rather (laughs) you know i i don't want to get to that age and look back and say i wish i would have gone for that that adventure instead of sticking around for the the practical application (laughs) just i mean why not why not give it a shot at least you can say you've tried Never know. I think it's worth a shot. 
unfortunately though because um I, i'm actually fortunate uh, okay wait unfortunately i'm fortunate <laughs> uh backtracking a little bit i'm fortunate enough to be able to record this episode right here right now in my old bedroom i'm actually down in oregon visiting my parents so i brought my recording equipment with me so i could have a moment solitude and and do this um the house that i'm staying and i i've no complaints whatsoever believe me i just i don't have a quiet spot i don't have a room i sleep on the couch there <laughs> so I, I don't have a quiet spot to actually sit and record a podcast so um because of that and because of the fact that uh, I, I'm focusing entirely so much on this career and my music and everything related there too. The 8-Bit Pachycast is officially going to be on hiatus until, at least until a point that I can get my own apartment and be able to nerd out a little bit more. But the only video games I play at this point are not even Mass Effect because I don't, I don't have my PS3 with me. I play Tetris on the Xbox One in the house. I watch my friend play Tomb Raider. And I play Dragon Ball Z Dokkan Battle on my phone or Fallout Shelter. That's it. That's the only video games experience that I have. I don't read comic books anymore. I haven't bought a comic book in over a year and a half at this point. Um, I kind of get to watch some TV shows but I mostly just watch Trailer Park Boys because that's what I fall asleep watching on my phone <laughs> or listening to their podcast. Um, but more often than not, I'm watching kids' shows because there's a lot of kids in the house, so <laughs> it's usually How to Train Your Dragon or How to Train Your Dragon 2. <laughs> uh I just, I don't get a, a lot of chances to actually watch anything. I, today when I was at uh, my parents' house, I actually sat down and watched uh, Sex sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, the Dennis Leary show that's on FX. Uh, the, the, the first season just ended, I don't know how long ago, but I'd seen the first three or four, and I finally watched the rest of them. That's <laughs> such a good show. I mean, I was a huge fan of what uh, Dennis Leary did for, with Rescue Me. And being that he was doing a show about music, hey, come on, it's my bag right there, and it's it's great. I it, it's a show about uh <laughs> he he him and his band in like the seventies or eighties, I think it was. They they were slated to become one of the best rock bands on the scene, and the day that their album released, they broke up because him and his guitarist were sleeping with each other's wives <laughs> and uh uh just all hell broke out and they and they split the album came out and was entirely successful but they never got back together to do anything else because they hated each other the guitarist went to work with lady gaga uh johnny rock who is dennis leary's character kind of went on to kind of ride the train of the the heathens that was the band name up until he finds out that he has a daughter and even more so finds out that she has a killer set of pipes on her. So the whole idea of the show is basically he gets his band back together, but he ends up producing 
her singing with his old band. And hilarity ensues because it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Come on. <laughs> it, it's really great. I I believe it's been picked up for season two for next year. And the the cool thing is on, on Comcast, on demand, they have you know all of the episodes, but they have each one an extra episode of each one that's uh, an explicit one so it's full of all the f-bombs and the fuck this and you piece of shit that and suck my cock this you know it's it's all of the stuff that's cut out for cable tv which you know is great because it's fucking rock and roll come on and uh yeah it's a really fucking awesome show Excuse me, I had to take a drink. I'm talking for a little bit. Oh, excuse me. Um So yeah, I highly recommend that. Um Avengers Age of Ultron finally came out. I bought it excuse me. On the Google Play Store, which is interesting because I never buy anything on there that's a movie. But hey, still, now I have it. So that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, still playing Mass Effect, for those that are curious. I've been probably playing that entire series for a year now, maybe? Um, Mass Effect 3, for those that are wondering. I am on the third one. About a third of the way through it. Close to half, I hope. But being that I left my you know, PS3 at home, I don't really have time to play it, but I did get authorization to bring it back with me, so I might do that just so I can finish that game finally, because I still have other games on my list that I want to play, like Bioshock Infinite, The Last of Us, I've been watching my friend play Tomb Raider, and I really want to give that a shot, um, fuck, Assassin's Creed Rogue, I still haven't even bought to play. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> There's so many games. My my method of buying video games is actually pretty foolproof. I uh, I wait for them to drop in price and go to the game store and purchase the used copies with store credit. The only problem is now is the game store that I go to is specific to Oregon as far as I know. It's not like GameStop. It's a place called GameStar. And this it's cool because I sell retro games a lot. And one of my biggest things is I used to be a really big retro game collector. So that was like my go-to store. I'd always go check it out, see what new games they had, and buy them. Well, when I got tired of doing that, I took all my <laughs> games there and traded them in for store credit and got like 300 something dollars and been just kind of stockpiling that. So whenever something comes out, I let it get old, wait for a few used copies to come in, and go buy it for like 20 bucks with store credit. I haven't actually paid money for a video game in um, probably a year, at least. What did I buy with it? Obviously the Mass Effect trilogy for PS3, Diablo 3. Oh, I still have to play that too. Um, shit, I know there's something else. 
Rocksmith. No, Rocksmith I did buy. That was the last game I actually bought because I had to buy it brand new to get the cord with it. Hitman um, Absolution? Yeah. Thief? I think that's it for right now. What is that? Oh, it's New Vegas. No. No, I bought that brand new a long time ago. But yeah, so, you know, that's kind of how I, I roll with that, but I really think until I get my own apartment up in Seattle or, you know, in, in an outskirt city thereof, my video game playing is going to be pretty scarce. I mean, my job has me working eight in the morning till five, Monday through Friday. Weekends are my days off, which is cool to actually have weekends off for a change. But if, if this job can go full time year round, as a permanent position, then shit, I can probably start playing games again on a regular basis. But then it depends on how much time I'm spending in the studio too. I mean, the way that that's going to work is I have to spend at least two days a week there for about an hour, but then I can spend seven if I want to. I I can go as many days as I want, but I have to do a minimum of two. And what's really cool is, is I'm going to spend time there the first it it's 6 months this program the first 7 weeks are all like academic i mean it's all like book studying there there's no hands on application yet the next set of uh week 8 to 15 are the physical you know this is what you do this is how you do it kind of a you know, the, the hands-on training. And then the last five weeks, four or five weeks after that, you actually get to work in the studio. You get to record something. The guy was telling me that some of his students actually got together and recorded a hip-hop song, completely mixed, recorded, mixed, and mastered it. And it actually got radio play somewhere over in New York. I mean, that that's how quality of material that they make. <laughs> I can't tell you how excited I am for that because I've got a few songs that I'd love to actually make sound halfway decent. Especially the one that still hasn't been played yet because Zach is having trouble. I actually don't know. I haven't heard from Zach in a couple of days, but as far as I know, this weekend he was supposed to take the time to finally record the vocals for his song. Which, if you're listening to this on the Tangent Mountain Podcast, you might have no idea what I'm talking about. Zach and I host Down the Bunny Hole, which is a Blink-182-centric podcast, which I mentioned before. Well, being that we started running out of songs to talk about because we went through almost the entire Blink-182 catalog, we started discussing the idea of uh, writing songs. Him and I are always coming up with riffs and lyrics and sending them to each other. So he came up with the idea of each of us kind of challenging each other to write a whole song, do all the music, all the lyrics, and record it as much as we can with a guitar. I think he has access to a bass and a drum track, so he's going to throw that on it too. But um, Just record as much as we can, but not share a single solitary bit of it until we're done. Granted, we kind of cheated because <laughs> I had Zach on the last, uh, technically the last two episodes of Delayed Effect, really the three of the last four 
he was on. He was on episode 10, 12, and 12.5, because 12 and 12.5 were technically one big episode that I just split into two. Um, but in episode 12, we talked about our songs a little bit, and he actually played a little bit of his on acoustic, and then I played a little bit of mine on acoustic, but it's acoustic, and both of our songs are electric, and mine has two guitars playing at once, so it wasn't really like anyone heard what it sounds like, but you know, it, it's mine's done is the thing. Um, Zach is just, hey, he's had a series of unfortunate events. You know, both, both of us have a severe sense of anxiety about recording anything by ourselves when there's other people around. I mean, I, I've kind of gotten over recording my shows, my solo shows when other people are around, but when it comes to music, I can't sing when I know there's people in just the other room. At least not to my full potential. I I kind of do like a soft singing that is really pathetic. But when I know that nobody's here, I can belt it out. And I I mean, I'm not perfect. I don't have a very great singing voice, but I feel like I'm on the right track. So um, I, I guess that's at the behest of anybody that listens. But... <laughs> um, You know, if if you find yourself curious, uh, just you know, keep following delayed effect. You know, if if you're not listening to this episode as delayed effect of whatever podcast you're listening to, uh, follow it. You can find it. And it's on Stitcher. It's not on iTunes, and I keep forgetting to fucking fix that. I don't know why it's not on iTunes. I think it's just some kind of an error that got mixed up in the whole process of it all, but. Um, delayed effect is a podcast.com show. So if you go to podcast.com, you can type in delayed effect and find it there. Uh, Twitter, it's D effect pod. It's D E F F E C T P O D. Uh, same thing for Facebook, Facebook forward slash D effect pod. It's on, like I said, stitcher podcast addict. You know, if you can get a hold of the RSS feed and figure it out that way, that's cool. But, you know, keep keep in touch with this show because this is where a lot of my my uh, musical what have you will be poured out. This this is where I'm gonna be kind of funneling all of that into. That that's kind of the point of this show. Is is I mean, aside from chronicling this incredible <laughs> adventure that I'm fortunate enough to be on. I, I more often than not will bring a guitar on the show too. One of four. <laughs> and I'll play along, you know, while I'm talking. And I mean it's it's fun. I, mean, I, I guess I could technically. God, we've been doing this for what, almost an hour? But why not? <sighs> happen to have one of my guitars here at my parents' house that I left here. Something sounds a little off, but I don't care. (laughs) 
actually been working on a new song too that um I've sent to Zach before, but something like that and then I'm throwing in a, a somewhere in the song I want to put in a no that's not it that together in one song somehow and I'll figure it out there's a little taste for you I don't want to take up too much time with playing the old music stick but especially when we're coming up to the end of the episode but uh <laughs> that that song um I have lyrics almost completely written for it the music is still almost it still needs some work, obviously, but I'm almost there. And uh, I know exactly how the chorus is supposed to sound. That that was actually the, the first part that I played where I started playing actual chords. That's, uh, that's the chorus itself, part of it, half of it. And uh, I, I know how it's supposed to sound. I mean, I think it sounds cool. I mean, it's very basic, like... Like I was saying before, you know, Zach and I are very heavily influenced by Blink-182 and, and anything that Tom DeLonge really does. So a lot of our music is, is going to reflect upon that. I mean, I, I play power chords and overlaying very simplistic notes. But, you know, hey, it works. At least I don't try and sing like him too much. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing, just because I don't want to be a a mockery or uh, an imitator. I want to be original with something that I do, but um but yeah, if you know if you if you find that you like the sound of that, uh fuck follow delayed effect. Follow down the bunny hole because when when we release our songs, the first thing we're going to do is share them on down the bunny hole. That's going to be the official release to the public. You know, the first time I hear his song will either be during that episode or just before. And same with him hearing mine. That's kind of our plan, is to release it that way. But then after that, I mean, he's going to share them on Just Zach and Twofer, and I'm going to share them on Delayed Effect, and hopefully, Mark, if you're as cool as we all say you are, you'll share them on Tangerine Podcast too, because that would be great. Uh, because, I mean... It's 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 crazy because it's not just us, you know, playing music and, you know, hopefully and making it sound cool. This is our own creation. This is the first time we're putting something out there that nobody's ever heard before. <laughs> so it's it's kind of a big deal. But yeah. I don't know if you can tell, but I like music. <laughs> 
so yeah, you know, if if you find yourself curious about anything you've heard, um, hit me up on Twitter. You know, D Effect Pod. Follow me there. Follow me on the Facebooks. Keep an eye on uh, podcast.com. Hopefully I'll get iTunes sorted soon. I'm so sorry that I haven't, for those that are kind of waiting for that. Um, I really don't know why that doesn't work, but matter of fact, after I'm done with this, I will send an email to Apple and get that fixed because that needs to be taken care of. Uh, but, you know, if, if you like music... If you want to see what it's like for somebody to get his foot in the door in a recording studio and hopefully the music industry itself, you know, keep tabs on the show because it's it's about to get pretty fucking wild and crazy. And I I can't wait for what's coming next. And, uh, you know, for anybody that actually enjoyed listening to the 8-Bit PacuCast, I do apologize. I <laughs> That show, that poor show, it started out with the best of intentions, I swear. And I, I'm not letting it die. It's just it's hiatus for now. It has to. I have to put my focus on this because this is not just my career. This is not just my upcoming potential job. This is my life. This is my passion. And I have to see to it that this goes the way that it needs to. The way that it's going to. It's it's gonna happen. I just I need to see it, you know, with both eyes forward, so <laughs> at least until a point that I like I said that I can get my own place, then then by all means I'll nerd it the fuck up in front of the microphone once a week, I promise. That'll be cool. Can't wait for that. That should be within just a couple months, too. If all goes according to plan. But, uh, yeah. So on behalf of the Tangent Bound Network, this has been the 8-Bit PackyCast. This has been Delayed Effect. This has been the Tangent Bound Podcast. And as always, I am Packy, reminding you to let me feel you and carry you higher, and watch your words spread hope like fire. Mm-hmm.